the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another thrill-packed edition of Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. They are relentless when it comes to the global warming hoax, never missing an opportunity to push that agenda. Rahm Emanuel never let a a catastrophe go to waste. You know, you've got to take advantage of it. This week, after... Hurricane Irma was barely turned into a tropical storm. Well, even before it arrived, they started. So you have the global warming hyenas baying at the moon, talking about, oh my gosh, evidence of global climate change, man-caused, by the way. And uh, I've been wondering whether uh, or not Al Gore's going to get his Category 6 or 7 hurricane. But whenever the question of climate change and the debate about climate change comes up, there's only one person that we can go to, and that is Mark Morano, who has the website Climate Depot. He was the publisher of the documentary, uh, actually producer and writer of the, of the uh, documentary, Climate Hustle, which debunks the notion of man-caused climate change. And a couple of other things we will introduce, but I want to say hello to our guest, Mark Morano. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today to sort this out. Thank you very much. Happy to be here. There's a lot of a lot of climate confusion out there. The media is in overdrive. They certainly are. There's a couple of other things to mention about you. You are the former uh, staffer for the Senate Environment and Public Works Committee. Um, you've got a book coming out, too, Mark, which we're very anxious to uh, get a hold of in February, The Politically Incorrect Guide to Climate Change that you're publishing with our sister company, which is Reagan Publishing. And you can follow Mark Morano at his Twitter account, which is Mark Morano at Climate Depot. So, Mark, we heard this week that the hurricanes are now evidence that man-caused climate change is real. Care to give us a quick comment before we dig into this broader topic? Yes, uh, this was a pre-written script. Uh, You know, I think you mentioned about the Rob Emanuel quote, Rob Emanuel, this was what I call climate ambulance, Jason. They wait for a natural disaster to happen, and then they pounce in. And on my website, Climate Depot, I actually did a little bit of research, went back to about early, I think 2003. When the climate activists have started this, every big hurricane going back decades, they just said, this is what global warming looks like. This is what this is a climate change hurricane. This hurricane should be called global warming. And that includes Katrina and Sandy and uh, Irma and Harvey. They just say that. Same, they are all ready to go, pouncing. Despite the fact that we've been at a declining trend for hurricanes, that we've been actually the longest period of no Category 3 or or larger hurricanes making landfall in the U.S., 12 years was the longest period on record for records going back to 1850 or at least 1900. So never have we been in such a lull, if you will, of hurricanes. And then the first two storms that come by and whammo, oh, my gosh. 
And obviously, Harv- there are both bad storms, um, and both Category 4, but they were the, cat- uh, the, the one Irma finally hit, there's actually some question among hurricane experts whether it was actually a Category 4 when it hit the Keys and it was more closer to a Category 3. It might be technically just made it in. However, nothing unusual about those. We've had many worse hurricanes in the past. And just to give you a quick stat, Harvey ranked was tied for 14th with like a five-way tie uh, uh, for the lowest air pressure, which measures the intensity, and Irma was t- uh, came in number seven all time. So they had two hurricanes after a record low hurricane that didn't even make the top five for intensity, and whammo, they say it's climate change. And Harvey was a record flutter, definitely, but didn't, barely broke the U.S. record in flood, continental for flood and did not break the U.S. all-time record for flood and... The U.S. is only 1.5, continental U.S. is only 1.5% of the Earth's globe. Many, many worse floods outside the U.S. So there's just so many different layers here to peel off. It's just, but they had their storms. They were big and bad, and they got to hype it, and that's what they're doing now. And now they're going full bore, going after Trump administration officials, and they're, they're trying to convince anyone who will listen that these are proof of global warming. So... Many of our leaders, political leaders, President Obama never lost a shot to include a statistic. A lot of the global warming alarmists include this statistic as proof that the scientific community is in alignment on this. The often quoted 97% of climate scientists agree man-caused global warming exists. Do us a quick favor for those listeners that might be learning about this for the first time. That statistic is basically um, inaccurate and has been debunked. Tell us how that statistic came about and why it does not stand. Well, first of all, whenever anyone's pushing something, they always like to say everyone agrees or, you know, even think of your toothpaste ads. Nine out of ten doctors agree that this, you know, fights cavities or whatever. They always want you to think there's a big consensus that no one disagrees. So you can go back to early 1960s New York Times saying nearly all climatologists agree the earth is cooling. Al Gore in his book, Earth in the Balance, a 1992 book, actually said nearly all scientists are unanimous. I mean, he was promoting it without saying 97% back 25 years ago before we even had a debate. And then 97% really came on you know, about yeah, maybe 10 years ago. They started promoting this 97%, 97%. So in the film Climate Hustle and in my book, coming book, go into much greater detail. But basically it's based on several different studies. One of the studies started with 10,000 scientists, whittled them down to about 77, and then got 75 to answer the way they wanted, and they claimed a 97% consensus, not even based on 97 scientists, and based on questions that a lot of skeptical scientists would have happily agreed to. Has the Earth warmed, and do humans contribute? Yes, the Earth has warmed since the end of the Little Ice Age 150 years ago, and yes, humans can contribute to warming, especially through land use and deforestation and even our aerosols. We can actually cool the earth through our fossil fuel pollution by putting up aerosols which block out the sun which was the pet theory in the 1970s when they were worried about global dimming slash global cooling because we were blocking out sunlight so they started that study and then the next second study they did was a guy named john cook in australia and same kind of nonsense and we had a u.n lead scientist actually look at this study and he said it was quote the 97 percent was pulled from thin air. Mm. There was no, nothing in the study to actually justify the number. So these are talking points designed to intimidate and silence any opposition. How dare you? You know more than 97% of the scientists? How can you say that? 
and they repeated. And NASA posted one of this on one of the NASA websites. So people now say NASA says that. No, NASA posted you know some reference to one of these studies on one of their you know, websites. It wasn't even in a, in a scientific document, and people claim NASA now says that. So they just come up, and it just gets a life of its own. Terrific. We need to take a quick break. We are talking to Mark Morano, the writer-presenter of the documentary Climate Hustle, which debunks the notion of man-caused climate change. He is the editor of the website Climate Depot, and uh, there there isn't a better person versed in helping to debunk this notion and the politics behind it of man-caused global warming that has resurfaced thanks to the devastation of the hurricanes that hit us last week. Um, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back with more with Mark Morano. After this word from Ed Hoffman of Wholesale Capital Corporation, the place to go for your real estate lending needs, both residential and commercial. More with Mark Morano and the global warming hype and hoax after this message. Hey, Larry Elder here. Now, if you're a homeowner thinking about refinancing or you'd like to be a homeowner and aren't sure where to start, call my friend Ed Hoffman at Wholesale Capital Corporation. Rates are great right now, and from what Ed tells me, there are a lot of great opportunities out there in real estate. You need a lender you can count on, and I can vouch for Ed. He'll deal with you straight and advise you like you're part of the family. Just give Ed a call at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. I know Ed. He's a good guy. He'll talk to you like a friend and won't make you feel like you've just walked into a shark tank. Now's the time to buy or refinance. Give my friend Ed Hoffman a call at Wholesale Capital Corporation. Again, 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. Or visit him online, wccloans.com. 855-640-2020. AM 590, the answer. This is Assemblywoman Melissa Melendez urging you to tune in to Unite IE Radio every Saturday afternoon at 4 p.m. on AM 590, The Answer. Welcome back to the Unite Inland Empire radio program, the most important radio show for the most important political office, that of private citizen. We're talking to Mark Morano about the recent uh, howling at the moon of the climate hyenas, I like to call them, the folks that believe in climate warming. Uh, as it as being man caused. Well, you know, I always thought it was a hoax, but you know, here I'm, I just found there, there's a report here that's making me have doubts about that, and it goes on here. The Arctic Ocean is warming up. Icebergs are growing scarcer, and in some places, seals are finding the water too hot, according to a report by the, released by the Commerce Department yesterday. Reports from fishermen, seal hunters, and explorers, he declared, all point to radical change in climate conditions and hitherto unheard of temperatures in the Arctic zone. Well, you know, this sounds really, really serious, and I, was, I, I did a quick scan here. Um, the uh, da- this was published in the Washington Post back on November second, nineteen twenty two. Nineteen twenty two, Mark. That predates yeah. Al Gore. Is this where he got some of his original research? That's right. I mean, this just goes to it all goes in cycles. In the climate also fund, we actually go back to eighteen seventeen, I believe, was the year where they're worried about Greenland ice showing massive melting, and there's a lot of an alarm. In the 1920s, in the 1930s, and 40s, there was a lot of concern about a melting Arctic. And there's many articles, like the one you just read, 
showing scientists concerned alarming rates. There were articles about if Antarctica melted, you'd have major cities underwater. And actually, one uh, article I did at Climate Depot, I showed that going back to about 1903, there have been a series of media stories hyping Antarctic uh, ice loss and rising, scary, scaring people about rising sea levels. It's just what the media does. They take a cherry-pick snapshot, do a bunch of extrapolations, find some professor, scientist somewhere to say something that's close to what they need, and then they have an alarming headline, they get people chatting. I was watching a Honeymooners The Lost episode, which are now available on Amazon. Really? And it was from 1954. And I'm not making it up. Jackie Gleason sitting at the table reading an article out loud about the cooling and, and citing a scientist talking about global cooling. Just reading a newspaper it was a skit where they, you know, before he was talking, he was reading the newspaper out loud. But it just happened to be an article in the 1950s and 60s into the 70s. Lots of articles about potential global cooling on its way. But it's not just media hype. This t- now there's there's an agenda, a political agenda behind this. Talk about that. Well, the political agenda behind this, people say, well, why would all these scientists lie? What's, what's in it for them? They're not lying. You know, it's not about scientists lying. This is about a scientific movement that was hijacked. Now, up until 1988, we basically had warring factions. In fact, I can go back in my book, I'm detailing this. In 19, I think it was 1978, the New York Times actually had an article about climatologists debating some thought we were facing global cooling. Some thought we were facing global warming. It was so refreshing to see the New York Times actually reporting on a scientific debate on climate, not just going through and, and essentially saying that everyone else is deniers who don't agree with one way. What happened in 1988 was the United Nations Climate Panel was formed. Once that got formed to study carbon dioxide, they had to keep the money coming in, and they only picked scientists to agree because they had no incentive to find any reason that CO2 was not causing a catastrophe. Not only did they not for their own, you know, that for the climate panel's existence, but also the rest of the UN was going to be in charge of coming up with a solution. So suddenly the UN became quite important on climate change. Hmm. So they handpicked scientists, and a lot of scientists got involved. I have a whole report on just the scientists who became disillusioned with the United Nations. But in a short, in, in, in 20 seconds, the United Nations took over. They admit now that they want to redistribute wealth by climate policy. They, the head of the climate panel, which people, which John Kerry, our Secretary of State, former Secretary of State, called, that was said was the gold standard of science. The head of that climate panel, the United Nations, said that global warming was, quote, my religion, unquote. And this is the kind of level of passion and activism, and they were not open to any dissenting opinions. We had many scientists resign from it. So the gist of this is they formed this UN thing to come up with a solution. We have the most expensive treaty in world history now, and they're they're hyping it and they're trying to get the united states to come back in canada is actually meeting with a trump administration official on monday to try to get the u.s back in but the gist of it is they are using this environmental scare for central planning command and control economy and to do nothing for the climate and we've had analysis looking at the u.n agreement even if you believe the U.N. science, if you believe all the countries are going to do their pledges and you believe their projections, it wouldn't even have a detectable impact on temperature 100 years out. It's a meaningless treaty, even by their science, but it's extremely expensive. It's going to redistribute wealth. It's going to uh, empower U.N. bureaucrats, and it's an essentially planned energy economies around the world. And it's a sovereignty nightmare as well, right. uh, in much the same way the EU is and why England got out of the EU, or at least voted to get out of the EU, I predict. England will never quite make it out of the EU, given the way the the deep state operates. 
<laughs> there like it, like it does here. Angela Merkel said regarding the, uh, the Paris Agreement, the Paris deal isn't just like any other deal. It is a key agreement that shapes today's globalism. It wasn't, well, unfortunately, yeah. we need to impose higher energy prices and lower standards of living on our people because of this dire environmental threat. It was, that was her reason. That was, that's why she's behind it. Yes, and we've had actually former French President Jacques Chirac has said this is the first step to authentic global governance, the uh, the first Kyoto Treaty. We've had Al Gore say the same thing, that this is all, you know, we need this because it's a step toward global governance. This is, and the idea of this is you're going to have United Nations bureaucrats and environmental activists and other you know, people who think they know better planning every aspect of our lives. And what I mean, and that's their actual phrase, you know, they actually say we're going to need a complete inventory in every aspect of our lives in order to fight global warming. From the light bulbs we use, to the dishwashers, to the cars we drive, to our agriculture, to our diets, to our transportation, to our energy use, to our land use, it just goes on and on. And it, literally they can justify it all by we need to control this to stop global warming. And they used to indoctrinate the beginning in grade school. They use this is how they use to indoctrinate children into green environmentalism and leftism. You need to do this to save the planet and save the polar bears. Yes, and children are the highest believing uh, kids, according to polls. In other words, they are the most committed believers in climate because they're starting, as you said, in kindergarten. We had one high school kid who saw Al Gore's film four times in four different classes, his first film. That's the level of indoctrination. You might watch it in a history class. You might watch it in a science class. You might watch it in your government class. This is what they're they're just, they're bombarding these kids. Leonardo DiCaprio actually had said, we got to get kids young in order to influence them and get them to believe. And we also have uh, Al Al Gore's uh, producer, Lori David, has actually said, we want you to grow up to be activists. I mean, they're targeting them. Hollywood is targeting them. And it's funny, we, I was just mentioning the head of the U.N. saying it's religion. Well, Stevie Wonder, in his hurricane relief uh, effort just the other night, uh, brought up religion and climate change hand in hand and basically said you had to be dumb or uh, blind not to believe in it and tied it to religion. It's very natural for them. They want to silence, intimidate, and they want to coddle kids. And this is why Bill Nye, by the way, the science guy, recently came out and said we have to wait for the older generation to die because exactly. they're the most skeptical because they're confident they've done such a good job brainwashing the younger generation that they'll be more pliable to their, quote, solutions. And it, and it just doesn't end with brainwashing, Mark. Let's, after the break, get into how the global warming community is now demonizing individuals yeah. who don't come on board with his agenda. We're speaking to Mark Morano. He is the publisher, the presenter of the movie Climate Hustle. He's got a book coming out uh, in February called The Politically Correct incorrect guide sorry uh to climate change um and if you want to stay up with mark you can go to the website climate depot he's got a lot of great articles and research on there good articles about the hurricane harvey hustle we'll be back with more with mark morano after the break after this word from ed hoffman of wholesale capital corporation the place to go for your real estate lending needs residential and commercial more with mark morano Hi, this is Ed Hoffman, President of Wholesale Capital Corporation and host of the main event, which airs every weekend here on AM590, The Answer. I'm proud to be a part of the effort to make America great again, not just by supporting this station and conservative movement, but also by helping people achieve the American dream of homeownership. 
Whether you're looking to achieve that dream and you need financing, or you already own a home and you're considering refinancing your mortgage in order to lower your payment, shorten your term, or pay off high-interest debt, or if you're over 62 and want to look into that great financing tool known as a reverse mortgage, call me at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, toll-free day or night, 855-640-2020. I'll give you all your options, answer all your questions, and walk you through the process. And don't forget to listen to my show, The Main Event, Saturdays at 9.30 a.m. and 9 o'clock p.m., Sundays at 8 a.m., right here on AM 590 The Answer. Licensed by the California Bureau of Real Estate, broker license number 01147747, and California Finance Lenders License number 603K610. Also licensed in Arizona by the Arizona Department of Financial Institutions, MB number 096199. AM 590 The Answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio. Uh, John Adams said that facts are stubborn things, and whatever may be our wishes, our inclinations, or our dictates of our passion, they cannot alter the state of facts and evidence. But apparently Al Gore, Leonard DiCaprio, and others never met John Adams. Yeah, it's unfortunate that they never did, because maybe their head would be screwed on straight if they had a good founding uh, understanding of this country. Let's open the segment with a clip of Joy Behart from The View on climate change and hurricanes. And that is contributing to the intensity of uh, storms like Irma. Why this is the worst storm we've ever seen, etc., has to do with uh, climate change. And people who deny that, they should start naming all of these next hurricanes after Hurricane Limbaugh, Hurricane (laughs) Pruitt, Hurricane Palin, you know, Hurricane Trump. But it doesn't stop in there, does it, Mark? There are... There are actually people who believe that climate deniers should be imprisoned. We've even had a, an article written recently that equated climate deniers to Al-Qaeda and Islamic terrorists. Yes, it just, I can't even keep up with those kind of things. In the film Climate Hustle, first of all, just the idea that they use the word climate denier. Let's start with something very mild. This is about as mild as they get. We actually have people say climate denier. Holocaust denier. We can't find any difference between the two. These are what the climate professor says in, 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 our, in our film. And we have uh, that, not only that, but we have Robert F. Kennedy Jr. saying that climate deniers, skeptics, belong at The Hague with three square meals and a cot with all the other war criminals. So he believes that it's basically you're a traitor, you're a war criminal if you are a skeptic. I asked Bill Nye, the science guy, about that last year, and Bill Nye actually said, well, we'll see. You know, this is, he was actually open and completely in agreement with Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s idea of jailing climate skeptics. In addition to that, since this hurricane hit, we have uh, the Nation magazine saying that climate denial is a form of murder and that we know, we know what caused these hurricanes. It was climate change, and anyone who denies that is committing murder, genocide. And then they also, there's a whole idea of naming hurricanes after people. Yes, you got a little last line, but if you really wanted to be accurate, if you, people believe this, you'd want to name it, you know, hurricane witchcraft, hurricane astrology, because that's about the level of science in order to blame that. And also, if you actually want to go after high carbon footprint people, it would be hurricane Leonardo DiCaprio, hurricane exactly. Al Gore. That would be more accurate. But. You know, it, it just it really bothers me. Joy Behar saying, oh, we've never seen a storm like this record. Nonsense. Both her, I just went through the stats on those. They didn't even make top five, number one. And number two, 1871, Brisbane Courier. Probably never heard of it. Australian newspaper. I read that every day. Yes. Yeah, so, well, they had a meteorologist back then talking about how 
these people who watch the weather are alarmists, basically. And it says every storm is sure to be extraordinary. Every weather event, unprecedented. They identify, and I think this is deep within many people's human psyche, where they just want to believe that their time on Earth is unique uh, and it's unprecedented and everything's so special and different, and, and they created it. And ultimately, it's essentially them killing their own... Their, they've killed traditional religion, let's put it that way, and they've made themselves elevated as a deity. Now, they control the universe. How else could you have a President Obama say this will be the, ri- the time when the rise of the ocean stops and we begin to heal the planet? How else can you have people make these comments that, you know, I actually had a, one of the professors from Howard University say in the wake of uh, Harvey, Hurricane Harvey, that had, that had George Bush actually ratified the previous U.N. treaties, possibly these storms would have been less bad. I mean, exactly. they actually believe that legislation can alter uh, Earth's temperature and storms. You can't really have rational conversations with people like that, especially when the trends are all either no trend or declining trend. And that includes droughts, floods, tornadoes, tornadoes record low and declining Floods, no trend, uh, and droughts have actually been on a declining trend over uh, 60, 70 years. You know, there's so much to delve into on this global warming, the global warming hoax and the agenda, political agenda behind it. But we are out of time for this half hour, and we just cannot thank you enough, not only for coming on our show, but for getting out there and uh, tormenting people with the truth Absolutely, about global Mark. warming. Thank you so much. This Thank is you very much. Appreciate it. Mark Morano with the Climate Depot. Great website, great resources. Political triangulation and intrigue this week over DACA, immigration, and the wall between Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, and Donald Trump. We'll have a whole story for you after the break. Welcome back to the United Inland Empire radio program. We had a great segment there Going through probably what I think is the biggest news that did not get really covered this week, which is the way that the media tried to turn the tragedy of these hurricanes into support of their man-caused global warming disaster uh, scenario. As uh, Rahm Emanuel, now mayor of Chicago, former Obama chief of staff, said, never let a crisis go to waste. He did. And in the other big news that happened this week, you know, the president had this dinner with Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer to discuss DACA, border security, uh, negotiations, etc. And it was very different. It was very interesting to watch this unfold, Greg, because on Wednesday, oh, this exploded on uh, over Wednesday night. Yes, it did. Thursday. So on Wednesday, he has this dinner where he's ostensibly going to cut this deal with the uh, Democrats, or at least discuss DACA, discuss border security, discuss other things like infrastructure and so forth. And what the takeaway that was reported by Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer and the media was very different than the way that it sort of emerged on Thursday. Oh, it was. And we should say, I mean, we assume, you and I know what DACA means. There might be, some of our mm-hmm. listeners might not. DACA refers to illegal immigrants that arrived as minors, allegedly, supposedly as minor children, and are, and are under Obama's unconstitutional executive, his first executive amnesty, were given the right to stay here, work permits, in essence, given legal residency during the pendency of the DACA program. Earlier this month, Attorney General Sessions rescinded the 
DACA amnesty done by Obama, and but with a six-month delay before that went into effect to let Congress supposedly do something about it, i.e. grant some kind of amnesty to the DACA illegal immigrants. And, of course, immigration is an issue that animates a, a, almost his entire base. I mean, this was his lead issue uh, when he came down the escalator. It was the very first thing he mentioned. Uh, it's what got Ann Coulter on board. It's what got uh, Trump supporters on board. It was the uh, build the wall, uh, secure the border, the the whole narrative uh, dealing with immigration and the illegal immigrants that are here in this country. Oh, right. And uh, from both the, his rank-and-file supporters as well as his more prominent supporters such as Laura Ingram, Ann Coulter, Sean Hannity, were all took to Twitter over Wednesday night into Thursday to uh, lambast the president over assuming this is correct. And, of course, just what you read in the media is not necessarily correct. And what well, is definitely by Thursday morning that DACA amnesty is on the table, but the terms of it— and what, if anything, our side gets in return is still being negotiated. Well, if you're a, lump, a, a loyal Trump supporter and immigration is your issue, Wednesday evening you're scratching your head wondering what just happened. What did Donald Trump do? He gave away this DACA thing that he promised to you know, deal with on day one. Um, it was a key campaign stump speech where we're going to you know, dump DACA. And then uh, all of a sudden now... Uh, eight months later, after he's had tremendous challenges getting his agenda through uh, Congress, both the House and the Senate, we know health reform failed, could not get that done. We now see the writing on the wall, which was, it seems like the Republicans had no intention of doing that. Wright's previous exit stage right out of the, or maybe left, depending on your political orientation. Mm -hmm. He exits stage left out of the White House because I think for Trump, his usefulness was done almost. I think he was a part of the White House in order to help Trump Trump navigate Congress since he failed to do that for health uh, reform. Reince Priebus goes. And then the next thing we know, as you stated, uh, comes the expiration date of DACA, and I think it was September 5th. Attorney General Jeff Sessions comes out, says, nope, we're rescinding it. Trump gives them six months, uh, Congress six months to deal with it. And the next thing you know, uh, old Chuck and Nancy are meeting with the president in order to try and sort all this stuff out on Wednesday night. Now, the media, this is where the intrigue begins. The media begins to report, oh, my gosh, guess what? Pelosi and Schumer say they have a deal with Trump to replace DACA. And that's what all the headlines were reflecting. In fact, Nancy Pelosi wrote a letter to her constituents. And in that letter, she says, we met with President Trump. We've got a deal with DACA. And oh, by the way, there will not be a wall. Yep. And uh, that's that's blew up. Twitter over Wednesday night. Uh, Steve King, great congressman from Iowa and a pro-immigration enforcement, pro-American worker, he says in his tweet, if AP is correct, it's such a press, Trump base is blown up, destroyed, irreparable, and disillusioned beyond repair. No promise is credible. Sean Hannity, which is writing on Twitter, said that... Uh, and if at POTUS doesn't keep that promise and it goes for amnesty, it will be the political equivalent of 
Read my lips, no new taxes. That was George H.W. Bush's famous promise back in 1988 when he ran for president, is that he was not going to raise taxes, and he turned around and did. And that hurt him very seriously in his re-election, unsuccessful, in 1992. So here we have the stage set now, Wednesday night. The media, the liber- the left media that would love to destroy Trump, they would love to separate Trump from his loyal supporters, nothing more, and they know immigration is one of the major issues that, uh, ha- that, that Trump supporters love about Trump. Right. He, he was the first one to ever be serious about putting Americans first on immigration and actually enforcing our immigration laws. I've done some informal surveys among our, some of our activists. And I asked the question, is there conceivably an acceptable deal of DACA amnesty in exchange for, you put the list on the other side, the Raise Act proposed to limit legal immigration to uh, uh, mandatory E-Verify, border security, the wall. Is there some combination of things on the other side of that that could justify amnesty for illegal immigrants? And the survey said? No. Nothing. Enforcement, we enforce the law. We should not be having to be trading, enforcing our immigration laws for anything else. That's a a, a predicate, non-negotiable point. Enforce our existing immigration laws. So let's play Paul Ryan right now commenting on... Uh, the Congress's need to, you know, get Trump's agenda, go, you know, passed uh, immigration. He, he really makes a wide ranging statement here. And uh, we will comment on that. And then we'll get right into Thursday morning. So let's hear from Paul Ryan. DACA is a symptom of a bigger problem, which is we do not have control of our borders. So while we deal with DACA, which is something that we, the president has asked us to deal with in Congress, we also had to deal with the problem in the first place, securing our borders, enforcing our laws, so that we don't have another DACA problem 10 years down the road. It's just that clear. That's so common sense and so reasonable. And that is basically what the president has asked us to do. And so we're going to start engaging in these conversations with all of our members all across uh, the Capitol, because that's what the president has asked us to do, is Congress get on top of this issue. And by getting on top of this issue, that means not just a narrow fix for the moment, but it's actually fixing some of the underlying problems that created this problem in the first place. Oh, where to go with Paul Ryan? And we'll delve into Paul Ryan and Thursday morning after this message. From a sponsor for this half of Unite IE Radio, All Solid Collision, the place to take your car when you have an accident because they are truly the kings of wreck and roll. Back after this. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM 590, the answer.
This is Senator Mike Morrell asking you to tune in to Unite IE Radio every Saturday at 4 o'clock on AM 590, The Answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio. And the last, uh, we record on Thursdays, the last 24 hours have shown the truth of what Ann Coulter said, that immigration is the most important issue because it determines all other issues. And the Democrats certainly understand this in their relentless pursuit of mass immigration, open borders, and amnesty. And we thought until Wednesday that Donald Trump understood this. But now we're not so sure. Well, I would say we are sure because I think that Donald Trump, the negotiator, is the Donald Trump that we saw uh, between Wednesday night and Thursday morning. We do know. Here's what we know. The media would love to use whatever they can to separate Donald Trump from his supporters. So the word coming out of the dinner on Wednesday night was that Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer had struck a deal with Donald Trump to resolve DACA. And oh, by the way, there's not going to be a border wall. That was the essence of what we heard. So much so that even Steve Bannon, his former chief strategist, had a headline on Breitbart called Amnesty Dawn. Right. That was the over Wednesday night into Thursday. That hashtag Amnesty Dawn was the number one trending hashtag on all of Twitter. Only Donald Trump can separate himself from his supporters. The media cannot. The Democrats cannot. Only Donald Trump can do that by betraying what he promised. Well, there's something interesting about Donald Trump's supporters that we've also seen Thursday morning as evidenced by uh, those that called in to shows like Rush Limbaugh, those that called in to shows like uh, Hugh Hewitt. Um, So now Wednesday morning, Thursday uh, morning. I'm sorry, Thursday morning. Thursday morning, a couple of things happened. Um, one of them is that Jason Chaffetz appeared on Fox and Friends. And let's listen to what Jason Chaffetz says about uh, Donald Trump, uh, what he does and doesn't need Congress to do regarding the wall. The president tweeted this morning, he said, no deal was made last night on DACA. Massive border security would have to be agreed to in exchange for consent, would be subject to vote. The wall, which is already under construction in the form of new renovation of old and existing fences and walls, will continue to be built. What, the, what you need to understand about this is the president doesn't need congressional authority to build the wall. It's already there. Mm-hmm. He needs funding. So it's solely in the camp of the United States Congress to fund what the president promised he would do. He'll build it, but Congress has to step up and actually fund it. Dealing with DACA, that does require congressional action. And that's why the president's right on this. And, and that's why he's, he you know, wants to actually get some legislation. Mm-hmm. In place. What I find interesting about this clip is it directly opposes the position that Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer took Wednesday night saying there wouldn't be a wall. Donald Trump, essentially, what we hear from Jason Chaffetz, he's saying Trump doesn't need permission. It's already he's already got the congressional authority to do it. All he needs to get the Congress to do, which he has a a majority of Republicans, is to get the wall funded. But unless the unless the Republicans in the Senate change their filibuster rule, spending bills are still subject to filibuster, which has given up to this point Democrats veto power on any spending bill. That's a a separate discussion how to change that. But. So any funding for the wall, unless the Republicans change the rules, is still subject to Democrat veto. 
So unless so unless wall funding is part of a DACA amnesty, inquiry whether that's still that's an acceptable deal. Unless it is part of the DACA amnesty, or unless the Republicans change the filibuster rule, which they've shown no inclination to do, there will not be funding for the wall. Either get it as part of this deal, or you don't get it. I don't believe that's going to be the case. I believe it can be combined with other things that are non-negotiable for the Democrats. That they would be, uh, that they would be, it would be suicidal for them to vote down on if the funding is a small. Because what are we talking about? Twenty billion dollars. That's a drop in the bucket. If that's a part of a bigger spending package, I don't think Democrats are going to die on that sword. They will. I don't think they will. I don't think they will die on that sword. If it's tied to major funding of other issues, they will not die on that. They will not die on that sword. They will let it go. This is an issue as as strong for the Democrat and their base as abortion is. We're not going to resolve this now. But what we need to do is hear from the President Trump on the tarmac. He flies to he flies down to Florida to survey the damage and, uh, you know, give out some food. He bought a bunch of bananas for folks down in Florida. They were distributing the bananas. Here's what he had to say as he gets out of the helicopter in Florida. What do you say, Mr. President, to Steve King, who says that your promises can't be? And what do you say to Senator Charles Grassley, who said you undercut what he's doing in the Judiciary Committee by talking with Pelosi last night about all No, what we're doing is we're doing it in conjunction with the Republicans. We have a very, very good relationship with a lot of people. A lot of people want this to happen. They expect it to happen. And we'll see if it happens. But we'll only do it if we get extreme security, if we get not only surveillance, but everything that goes along with surveillance. And ultimately, we have to have the wall. If we don't have the wall, we're doing nothing. That's President Trump midday on Thursday. Right. But it is absolutely clear that DACA amnesty is on the table. It is. There's no question about it. And and we we are already seeing an upward trend in border crossings. The more you talk about amnesty... You'll see even bigger increases in border crossings as people try to get across to take advantage of the amnesty. Now, here's what I believe is getting ready to happen. What I believe is getting ready to happen is that Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer have overplayed their hand, saying that they've got the president where they want him. Donald Trump reveals on Thursday... Uh, no, you don't. The wall is still in play. I'm going to do the wall. You don't get DACA without the wall. So all, so now what we begin to hear is Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer on Thursday starting to walk back everything that they represented Wednesday night. Unfortunately, the way that 95% of all the people in America process news is that the first headline is what they see, the first headline is what they remember, and every clarification that comes out after that probably doesn't matter much. But here's an interesting phenomenon. Every call that we had, and I was sitting in on the morning answer this week, as you know, for the vacationing Jennifer Horn, and we took a bunch of calls from Trump supporters around the Inland Empire and L.A. County. Every one of those Trump supporters was like the still behind, firmly behind the president. Every caller that, that Rush Limbaugh took Thursday, still firmly behind the president. They're willing, what they're frustrated with is Congress. If Trump needs to go to the Democrats to do a deal, so be it. They want stuff done. And these people who called in said if, Ch- if, if, if Trump needs to play and negotiate with 800,000 DACA recipients. It's not 800,000. 
If he needs to negotiate with 800,000 DACA recipients, because it's actually 759,000, those are the people that have registered under DACA. There may be more out there, but that's who's registered. If he needs to negotiate that, they're fine with it as long as he gets stuff done. That's what every single caller said. Well, I need to respond to that, but... Before I do so, we need to hear from our sponsor, All-Star Collision, the place to take your car when you have an accident, because they are truly the kings of wreck and roll. Back after this. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM590, the answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of private citizen. We have been in the process of dissecting the the political calculus and triangulation that unfolded Wednesday night regarding the DACA program, which seeks to uh, make 800,000 illegal alien children, now young adults, uh, at least legal not citizens, but legal. Uh, And that program was rescinded. Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer went right to the White House, had dinner with uh, President Trump on Wednesday night. It seems like Thursday morning, a lot of what they said and represented about what had been done on Wednesday came unwound. The president is standing firm that a wall has to be a part of it. And we left off with what does DACA do or don't do? And uh, there's a great article we're going to direct you to about 10 important questions that both Republicans and DACA supporters need to answer regarding that. But you were going to make a point about DACA. Right. About less than 800,000 applied under Obama's unconstitutional executive DACA amnesty. The uh, former investigator uh, manager at the U.S. Customs and Immigration Service said there was a 40 to 50 percent fraud rate in the DACA program and maybe more. The total number of illegal immigrants that will potentially qualify, in other words, they were brought here uh, as, as children, 0 to 18, is, exceeds 2 million. Under the uh, DACA amnesty bill in the Senate, plus once you do them, plus their families and other exceptions, you're looking at an amnesty of four to five million illegal immigrants. So this is not so any time that you hear in the media or hear an establishment Republican talk about 800,000. They are lying to you. It is not 800,000. This is a stocking horse for a massive multi-million illegal immigrant amnesty. This is something the establishment has wanted for a long time. And each time it gets brought up, it's been beaten by people, the most important political office. The private citizens have let their representatives in Congress know that this is completely and totally unacceptable. And unfortunately, we are back into another amnesty battle. Well, whether it's 700,000, 759,000 is actually the number that has registered under the four-year window that they had in order to become part of the program, to be able to get work permits, essentially to get uh, 
green cards, which is about what the DACA program did for them. Right. We know that it a few of them worked a loophole in order to be able to become citizens. There were roughly about 50,000 that did that, uh, ultimately yielding about 1,000 that became citizens. However, only 759,000 people registered for the DACA program. I have a hard time believing it would be 5 million if they were all eligible under the DACA program. Under the bill, the 5 million you get there by because they, they amnesty in their families. Well, as that's well. a different story because that does, the DACA program does not yield right. amnesty for the parents. Now, the those are the important questions that we have to answer um, because does this result in immediate amnesty for the parents once you agree to the premise that there is a moral obligation to grant those brought here as kids not just an amnesty but a path to citizenship won't the argument be we can't divide families this will lead to a clamor to grant amnesty to their parents which is what i think you're talking about right and that's what the bill in the senate does Okay. It lets them amnesty in their families, and not just parents, their, whole, their extended families. Start bringing in right. as a way chain migration works now is, you know, cousin whoever back in home country gets to come in. Now, as I understand it, DACA only, DACA does not give them citizenship. What do you understand that the bills that potentially will uh, resolve this, does it just give them legal status? Or does it give them citizenship? I do not know if the bill in the Senate that would let them bring in their families would give them citizenship. Probably does, given the preference of the establishment for amnesty. This is something that they have wanted for a long, long time. They come back to the, in 2006, they are, or they're about 2005, they passed a bill that said build a fence on the Mexican border. Authorized it. There's no fence today. You cannot trust the Washington politicians. In the first amnesty in 86, they promised one amnesty and we're going to enforce the immigration laws. Well, how did that work out? This is a great article. It references exactly what you're speaking about, Greg. It's called 10 Questions Trump and Every Democrat Must Answer About Dream Amnesty. It appeared on September 8, 2017 by Daniel Horowitz in the Conservative Review. It addresses what you're talking about and much more because besides amnesty for the parents, it talks about chain migration. It talks about the next wave of dreamers because what this doesn't address either, what about all those kids that don't qualify for DACA who this came time. after right. 2007. This doesn't talk about any of that, and, and I will agree with you there. That's a whole nother clutch of hundreds of thousands of kids that came across the border. We are out of time. Tune in every Saturday at 4 p.m. for the Unite IE radio program. See you next week. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.